My name is Jeremy Devins, and welcome to the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. Today I'll be talking about five aspects of a consistent practice. So this can apply to yoga, this can apply to studying if you're in a yoga teacher training, or any sort of practice that you want to be consistent with. I think these things apply to all of them. I've studied a lot about habits and tried a lot of things myself to develop some consistent habits and break some bad habits and struggle with good habits at times. So I've learned some things that work really well and hopefully that can help you as well to develop a consistent practice. So today's episode is actually brought to you by this webpage that this list is on, which is quietmind.yoga/resources. And I was talking to a student, Allison, you might be listening, uh, and she was asking for some good resources for relative beginners. She's about six months into her practice. And I just created something on my website. So I'll probably keep updating it over time and adjusting things. But right now I've got my favorite yoga mat, blocks, and blanket on there because those are definite essentials, at least in my perspective. Uh, Those are things that I use almost daily. Uh, Actually, as a teacher, I do use them every day. Uh, So a mat, a block, two blocks, and a blanket are sort of the essential foundation uh, of things you need to have a regular practice. Of course, you don't need anything. You could do a yoga practice with none of that. And there are times where I practice just on carpet with nothing, not even a hard floor. Uh, But I think those are really helpful to have a regular practice. So you can see the ones I recommend, the ones I've used for many years and uh, I love at quietmind.yoga/resources and you'll see this list that we're going to talk about today and also a little video about the history of yoga and probably more stuff to come. Uh, so keep an eye on that page. Uh, I'll be keep I'll keep updating it over time with things that might be helpful as I uh, sort of try things out. So why do we want to have a consistent practice? Well, in the Yoga Sutras, are the, these are the source, uh, one of the main source texts about yoga teachings. It talks a lot about having a consistent practice and how important that is and how all the benefits and positive effects that we're aiming towards with yoga practice come as a result of a consistent practice or abhyasa. Uh, So one of the quotes that I have on that page is, as a result of yoga or sustained focused attention, the true self is firmly established and we act from a place of authenticity. So that sounds like a pretty awesome thing to aim for. And uh, you may have experienced that if you've gone to classes where it just feels like after the end of the class, you feel like more in alignment, more yourself, more authentic. Uh, that's the aim of being consistent in, in yoga practice in particular, but I think anything where we're sus- having sustained focused attention. In the context of yoga teacher trainings, that means having some sort of consistency in your study and your practice of what you're learning and, and what you're teaching. Uh, and over time, it becomes more and more from that place of authenticity in your true self. And I think there's this long process of essentially myelinating your brain where you've got to learn, you know, this goes there and put this here. So there is some how to and there's some practical side of it. But after consistently doing that for a while, it becomes second nature and the thinking rational mind uh, is there as we need it, but it can sort of surrender to this true self or the Atman, the true self within us, our authentic self that comes out. 
So that's the sort of intention of like why we want to have a consistent practice of anything, which you probably already know. I mean, you're listening to this and maybe you've struggled with consistency. Maybe you've been consistent with some things. Maybe you've been consistent with things you don't want to be consistent with. And that happens. Um, And it's kind of interesting, right? There's like, uh, I've experienced this where it's like, I want to do this good habit. Like for me, meditating or doing yoga in the morning or the noontime is really easy, but in the evening is more difficult. And I might have a strong desire to practice in the evening, but I don't really have that strong desire and I don't have these sort of things in place, these aspects of a consistent practice in place to make it really actually happen. And then there are some other negative habits I've had over the years where those actually take over and those are what end up or what I end up doing. Like, for example, like I used to stay up really late or check social media a lot, things like that, or constantly be checking. Uh, There was a time where I was in a very busy uh, job outside of yoga and I was just constantly checking my phone. uh, And it took a while to to wean off of that, to to let go of that habit. Uh, But that that negative habit was reinforced by a lot of these aspects I'm going to talk about. All right, so let's get into it. So what are some of the aspects that I've found? And this is based on some of the research in The Power of Habit, the book Atomic Habits and a lot of similar research like that about uh, why we do things we do, what motivates us, what uh, what causes habits to form, what causes habits to break. So just narrowing it all down to what's relevant to you as a yoga practitioner and potentially yoga teacher, uh, one of the first aspects I think is really important is having some sort of routine. And this is repeated over and over again, especially in the book, The Power of Habit. They talk about how important a routine is and like a sort of start, middle, and end to a routine. So as far as yoga, uh, having a time and place, a stop and start time. It could be a class that you go to, say every Wednesday at 6 p.m. I go to this class. Or it could be at home, like uh, every Sunday morning, you know, I, listen, I put out my podcast, uh, my Quiet Mind Yoga podcast. That's a practice you can do every Sunday morning. So you might have a routine where it's like Sunday at 9 a.m. I do this practice. Uh, but the more automatic it is, the more the brain can adapt to it and it actually uses less glucose. So the brain is literally using less energy and thus less willpower is needed to do the thing that you want to be doing. So that's the first aspect of a consistent practice. You make your routine you have a time and place, a stop and start. It's, it's automatic. The second aspect of a consistent practice is you have support. Now this could be just one person that you talk to and they know you're doing your practice, but you have someone you can talk to about it. This could be ideally a peer group, people who are around a similar phase of their practice as you. So you can share confusions, challenges, wins, highs and lows, ups and downs, and processing things together. So they're your peer group. Another form of support that's really important is having somebody who's come before you, who's done these practices, who can help you avoid mistakes and help you point you in directions of when you're not sure where to go. Uh, Just one sentence from certain teachers I've had over the years changed everything. And those sentences would stick with me for a long time. 
that that's really important and helpful to have support from people who've come before you. And eventually what happens as you receive that support is you become someone who supports others. And I think that's really what's happening as yoga teachers is we are having an experience, processing that, digesting it, uh, letting it become almost unconsciously part of us, and then sharing that experience with others in a way we have to articulate our experience. And it's sort of like the hero's journey where you go down into the belly of the beast and then you come out with a gift and then you share that gift. But what happens is when you're in your middle of your practice, it could be months in, it could be usually like I see this midway through the teacher trainings, that you're, that's when you're in that belly of the beast and things are confusing and dark and scary and you're not sure if you're going to get out. You're not sure if you're going to keep practicing or if you're doing the, even doing the right thing with your life and why am I here and how did I get here and I need to just, maybe I should just get out or should I keep going the way I've been going? Right, so all these fears and doubts come up uh, in those intense processes like teacher training can be. Uh, but if you have the support of your peers, the support of a guide who's been through this before, uh, th it's going to make it a lot easier and you're actually going to make it through. And uh, people who don't have that support are the ones who kind of drift off. And I've seen that in teacher trainings, people who drop out, or, like they're, they're kind of distant throughout the teacher training. And then when in the middle, when it gets hard, uh, they just leave, they just drop out. You know, there could be a million reasons. I am just sort of projecting here, but uh, in my delusional uh, narcissistic perspective, uh, I think part of that is that they didn't feel they had support or maybe they didn't want the support. Uh, but the people I've seen who have a lot of support, I have seen that be a, a contributing factor to being able to work through the challenges, the samskaras, the patterns, the conditioning that yoga reveals in us, which is deep work. Uh, and if we try to do that alone, it's going to be much harder. But if you have support, it can help a lot, right? So this is kind of a, I kind of went on a big tangent there. Uh, how is this relevant to a consistent practice? Well, if you want to be consistent, there's going to be highs and lows. There's going to be ups and downs. And the support uh, helps you, especially in those downs, especially in those lows. Uh, especially when you feel lost and confused and uncertain. Uh, the support is the main resource that I recommend. Just somebody who's like a peer, somebody who's been there before to help uh, give you perspective on that situation. And then you can continue to practice and keep growing and learning through it. The third aspect of a consistent practice, building on the last point, is that you have a teacher that you like. And it's good to explore this when you're earlier on in your practice and find different teachers. Even if you've had a teacher for a while, it's always good to explore and just check different things out and see what you resonate with. See what You can always learn something from every teacher. Uh, but a good teacher will have some sort of consistent offerings that you can follow that can help you uh, maintain your practice, which could be maybe they have a weekly class or some sort of uh, routine or, or program that you could follow. Um, so just something that makes it very simple and easy to, okay, I like this teacher, they teach this day, I can go to that class, done. Don't have to think about it, you can just show up regularly to that. Or if they have you know, certain offerings, just show up to those and don't have to think about it as much. Uh, but it is also important to have perspective and check out different teachers, because you're always gonna learn something from everybody that you go to, every class you go to. 
uh, you might find a new teacher that you like and more things you can learn from them and that's going to sort of reignite and keep your practice interesting and inspiring the fourth aspect of a consistent practice is that you practice releasing judgments and expectations which i know is much easier said than done uh, but it's really one of the most demotivating things you can do is compare yourself to others even comparing yourself to yourself because every day is different and every practice is different and i've 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 said it i've heard many people say it it's like oh my hamstrings are usually so much more open i'm surprised they can't do this uh and, you know and that's that's a form of judgment it's fine you know to acknowledge that but we don't need to beat ourselves up we don't need to dwell on it it's just okay this is where i'm at today every day is going to be a little different every practice is a little different some days more open than others some days less open than others and the practice of yoga is not really about uh, reaching some sort of peak physical uh, form and then maintaining that. People who do that are the people who get injured. I've seen it so many times over and over again. And you, you treat yoga as an athletic form, like an athlete. The reality of athletes is they're going to get injured because they're putting the athletics before the biomechanics, before the safety and anatomy, because there's a sort of performative aspect to it. Any gymnast that you've known has probably stopped doing gymnastics when they got injured, as I've met so many over the years. Uh, and it's just part of, of an athletic approach. So if you approach yoga as an athletic pursuit, it's very likely that at some point you will get injured. If you approach yoga as a mind-body practice uh, meant to reconnect your physical self, your prakriti, to your true self, the Atman, then there's no need for extreme postures. They might, if, if that's really what you feel you need to, to have that experience of connecting to the true self, I would argue that maybe your ego talking. So this is an opportunity when you notice those judgments come up, that's a reminder to come back to being present with the moment and the new experience of your body today, which is not what it was yesterday, and it's not what it'll be tomorrow. It's just what it is in this moment. So when you come back to practice and having your regular practice, uh, know that there's going to be highs and lows, and that's okay. That's part of the process. Uh, there's, there's no such thing as a only a high, right? That we can only have high because we know low. We can only have yang because we know yin. Like we have to have both, and uh, the the lows can be just as pleasurable as the highs if we have that approach of like, wow, this is uh, a reminder to be present. This is a, a new experience. This is a new opportunity to uh, experience this practice in a new way. The fifth aspect of a consistent practice is that you have a space that makes it easy to do the practice. So if you practice at a studio, make it easy to get there. If you practice at home, have a space that's ideally just used for yoga with things that feel inspiring and motivated to practice. And again, like if you're in a teacher training and you're wanting to be consistent in your studies, just have a place where you do your studies or some sort of uh, environment that you like to be in. Maybe you like to go to a certain bookshop or a coffee shop or a library and, and study there. But again, anytime you're having a consistent practice, you just want to make it easy to do it in that space or wherever you do it. If you're doing it, if you say you're doing your yoga practice in a different space every day, that's a good recipe to just have it taper off and you end up doing other stuff and you wonder why you stopped doing yoga. 
So the more you have a space, the better, the easier it is. The more, again, the more it's automatic and your brain doesn't have to use any willpower, any glucose, any energy to, to make it happen. Now, if you have limited space and you have to do a multi-purpose space to, to do yoga practice, that's fine. I've definitely had that experience myself. Uh, just as best you can, make it easy to transition it and move the obstructions. So I hope today's episode has helped you remove some obstructions to a consistent yoga practice. And like anything, the more consistent your practice becomes, the more significant results you'll see. Increased flexibility, strength, balance, equanimity of mind. But it's not about the goal, it's about the practice. And those things are all side effects. And uh, you might notice the side effects of uh, eventually doing advanced postures the side effects of feeling less stressed and reactive throughout the day. If we chase these goals directly, it will like to likely lead to just frustration and injury, as I mentioned before. But if we just focus on making it easy to have a consistent practice and showing up and being present for that practice, having that space to do that work, then those things will come over time as a side effect. And maybe not, to be honest. It's like we're, we're not going to try to chase it. I don't recommend that, but I I do recommend having a way to create space for that, to have a consistent practice, to, to have a place that you can do this work. So again, if you found this helpful, you can check out quietmind.yoga slash resources, where you can review this list, see my recommended yoga mat, blocks, blankets, and check out that documentary on the history of yoga. And again, there are probably more cool things added there over time. Uh, you can subscribe to my newsletter where I send out weekly updates and special offers. And it's where I, you'll be the first to know if you join that of all about the teacher training that's coming up uh, in fall 2019. Uh, and there will be ones in the future if you're listening after that. But you can see all that at quietmind.yoga. And if you found this episode helpful, I think you'll love next week's episode, which is called Your Self-Care Plan. And it's all about how to have a consistent application of what we talked about in today's episode. So the teachers that you go to, the practices that you do to recharge, could be uh, yoga, meditation, getting a massage, going to a movie, uh, going for a walk, whatever it is that helps you recharge and recenter. I've found over the years that the most uh, successful, you could say, athletes and business people and uh, artists and, and creatives and and people I've known personally and my own and myself and my own research uh, they all perform at a high level when they're on and they give their best and they're fully present with that but they also have times where they're fully off and uh, you know a lot of athletes will maybe like go get a massage for an hour and then go like play basketball for two hours and then they go on and off like this uh, for me personally, I like to work in rhythms like that, so balancing the yin and yang throughout the day. So the next episode, I'll be talking all about how you can set that up for yourself and put it in writing so it's obvious and clear, knowing that you will likely have setbacks and you need to adjust. Uh, so it's not like set in stone, but I'll, I'll discuss all that in next week's episode of how important it is and how you can actually do it, practical how-to. This is one of the first things I'm teaching in my uh, teacher training program is because my one of my mentors uh, said early on, like, you need to have a team. You need to have a support team. 
So that's part of the plan, and you'll, ap you'll apply what we talked about in today's episode. So thank you for listening, and if you like this show, leave a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and share with a friend. And have a great week.